enough of all that. Hey, um, take out your bulletin, the back page, and follow along. There's a few things I want to I want to share tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, this. We're in a in a, a series called Fit for the Journey. Now, how many of you, because it's summer, you're doing more outside? You're you're actually working on getting in shape a little bit. Anybody? Okay, it's it's a good time, especially in Colorado, to to do some things, to hike a little bit, turn it up. We're talking about you know when you say. Uh, getting fit, usually people are talking about the idea of what that means in terms of your physical body. But uh, we're talking about being spiritually fit and what that means. We're having a problem here. I didn't even know that. Give it up for Richard. <laughs> he's, he's a good man. How many of you cannot be distracted and just hang in here with me? Okay, you go ahead and do your oh, He's gone. Oh, just like that. Um, one of, the, one of the things that when we talk about being spiritually fit, we have to somehow pay attention to all the components of being spiritually fit. And tonight I'm talking to you about the peak love releases, which is basically the peak that says your ministry matters. What you do in the kingdom, how you're gifted in the kingdom matters. It makes a difference both at Timberline and in our world, in your workplace, in your home. I have something here, and I don't know if you can see this from there, but what does that look like to you? A spark plug. Everybody say spark plug. Okay. How many of you know what a spark plug is? How many of you know it's just something that goes in something with a machine? Okay. It's called a spark plug because it makes a little spark in this little gap right here. That little tiny spark is what allows a motor to run. This is out of a weed whacker. That weed whacker, you could pull that thing up here and try to start it for a solid hour. You could clean it. You could polish it. It could have a full tank of gas, but it's not going to start. Why? Because it's missing a spark plug. And it's missing that tiny little spark. And what happens in ministry sometimes is we forget, we forget that our place in the engine or in the body Our place matters to such a degree that if we're not doing our part, it impacts everybody else and everything else. My goal this evening is to help you to realize just how valuable you are and how valuable you are in the kingdom of God. God has wired you and made you and created you so that you could be released into meaningful ministry in ways that change and shape the world. There's tons of stuff like this. I I thought about riding a bike without bringing a bike up here and having someone ride it without pedals. Because if you don't have pedals on a bike, you're done riding. Um, You could coast downhill, but that's about it. You can't make it go. Just those little things. So everything matters. Now, we have five peaks here at Timberline. And last week we talked about love embraces. And Pastor Steve came up and he was the the champion of that peak. Tonight we have Pastor Daryl Haley. And Pastor Daryl is the peak pastor for love releases. And each weekend we do this for the next four, counting tonight. Come on over, Pastor Daryl. Um, we're going to just give you a snapshot of what this peak is and what it's about here at Timberline. And a lot of you know Pastor Daryl, but thank you for serving in this capacity, Daryl. A couple of questions. We'll just take about five minutes here, and I want to interview Daryl and talk about this. What is the phrase, you say it often, your passion, God's purpose? What's that about? Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight. And um, this really is an honor to be able to communicate um, your passion, God's purpose. Really, that's the co- that is the heart and the core of love releases. Um, 
We have a, uh, a mission statement. If you look in the right-hand uh, portion of your, of your bulletin, you'll see the mission of Love Releases is to empower people to serve. And we have three values that help us to accomplish that. And the first one is to equip people to serve. The second one is we want everyone to be able to serve in your unique giftedness or your shape, if you will. And also, too, we think it's very, very important that everyone serves in authentic relationship. That's a huge, huge part of this whole empowering people to serve. So your passion, God's purpose. It really comes from Psalms 37, 4 and 5. And Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart according to his ways. Now, that's a powerful thing if you think about that incredible formula for success and fulfillment in a journey with Jesus. First of all. God will give you whatever the desire of your heart is. Let's let that sink in for a second. That's a pretty big deal. But you have to start, you and I have to start by delighting ourselves in him. And then whatever that desire is that we have, if we'll pursue that in ways that honor him according to his ways, it's a done deal. He will grant that for you. He'll give you the desires of your heart. It's huge. Max Lucado writes in his book, Cure for the Common Life. He writes, when your uniqueness meets God's purpose, you'll both rejoice forever. So when your special uniqueness, when your wiring, when your shape, when it meets God's purpose, both you and God will rejoice forever. And that's your passion, God's purpose. I like that a lot. I think um, when I look at the, the role of love uh, releases and getting people released in the ministry, what, what do you see in, in your role and the role that plays at Timberline about equipping and releasing people to do ministry? Yeah, love releases really serves uh, the church family and the paid staff. We have two dynamic um, areas that we serve and we hope to serve effectively. We serve and help resource our paid staff to attract, connect, train, and support people involved in ministry well. Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 actually says that the primary role of the pastor is to equip believers for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. That's my job. That's the job of a pastor. That's the number one role. So Love Releases, we partner with our paid staff to resource, encourage, and help, and challenge our staff to do just that. And then the other dynamic is that we help encourage the church body to go from the seat to service, to personal ministry. And this is a huge, this is really probably the fundament, fundamental foundation of uh, love, love Releases. Because it, it begins by starting in a seat. In fact, um, about 28 years ago, Derry, my wife Dion and I, we gave our hearts to Jesus. We became Christ followers and we were attending a church in Grand Junction, Colorado, and we were enjoying the worship. We were being fed and we were singing and just loving being involved in church services. It was amazing. In fact, interesting side note, at that church 28 years ago, there was a youth pastor there. Tall, handsome young man with a long, long, uh, blonde head of flowing hair. That's true. And his name was Derry Northrup. That's true. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yep. 28 years ago, Derry and I started a journey, and, and I started that journey with Derry yep. by uh, actually getting out of the seat, is how we first crossed paths. Dion and I had been attending, enjoying the worship, and Ken Porter, he was the Sunday school superintendent at this church, and he came to us and he tapped us and he said, How would you guys like to help out in a first grade Sunday school class? Wow. 
you got to understand, the Sunday school in this church is a big deal. Big deal. And I, I was petrified when Ken asked me about this. I'd never done anything yet in church other than attend and enjoy and take in. And Ken asked us if we would be helpers in the Sunday school class. And, and I, I, I see God here. And I see Jesus here and a Sunday school teacher right here. And I'm going, you are kidding me. So we, we actually prayed about it. We came back and we said, okay, we'll give it a try. Really, all we had to do was just make, make the Kool-Aid and pass out the crackers. And so it, was, it really wasn't that hard. But, but I mean, I'm thinking, oh, we got to get this right. And so it was great. We did it for about oh, a couple of months. And then Lily, Lily Fadre, she couldn't make it. She was the primary leader. She was the main teacher. She called us up and she said, Daryl and Dion, would you mind taking the class this coming week? And before I could even say anything, my wife said yes. And so she's getting into the curriculum. She's taking it apart, getting all the flannel pieces out, you know, getting it all ready to go. She just looks like she knows exactly what she's doing. And I'm stressed. I'm walking up and down the house and the halls. and I'm going, oh, God, I mean, we're going to be teaching about Noah and his ark. And this thing, I don't even really know the story that well. So it was great. We did it. We loved it. It challenged us. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it has eternally changed us Mm -hmm. to go from the sea to service and begin that lifelong journey of discovering your personal ministry. Wow. Hey, lastly, just a quick thing. How can people who maybe want to get involved, they're not sure where to start. What are they? What could they do tonight to be proactive? Yeah, thanks, Gary. There's a connection card in the chair back in front of you. If, if really, if, if you want to start the journey from the seat to service, or you just want to know more about being involved and how to serve and how to volunteer at Timberline, take a look at that connection card. You'll see a box that says volunteer. Just check it. Check the box. But we also need you to fill out the card, and we need you to write legibly, especially your email address. <laughs> write it really well. In fact, show it to your neighbor and say, can you read that? <laughs> And then put it in the offering at the end of the service, and we will contact you. We'll help you to take this journey from seat to service to personal ministry. We'll get in it with you and go. It'll be exciting. Also, too, if you want to talk about it, we have what we're calling Serving Central right out in the main mall area just west of the guest services, the cafe side of guest services, Serving Central. If you want to stop by and just talk, have a conversation, chat about seat to the service to personal ministry. We'll be there for you. Hey, let's say thanks to Pastor Daryl Haley. He's done just a great job. Appreciate it, Daryl. Thanks. You know, it's so true what Pastor Daryl said. I want to just read to you what it says in Ephesians 4.11. That's the passage that he referred to. It talks about pastors and their role. And it says in verse 11, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It's fascinating to me. Uh, Pastor Darrell texted me today and said, you ought to just drive by the South parking lot where the basketball uh, hoops are because about 30 volunteers here at Timberline have redone the islands with the bark and, and floor, uh, bushes. It's Beautiful. Anybody here help do that? See, some of you, some of you wouldn't know that that even happened. But people behind the scenes are serving. There are people who do food ministries. There are people who do things. It's a spark plug. 
It's just that it's that little thing that makes a difference. And they have said, I'm going to do something that I enjoy doing. If I came to Timberline and I wasn't the pastor, I would not volunteer to help do the landscaping. I want you to know that Bonnie probably would, but I probably wouldn't. And sometimes we serve because there's a need, right? You pick up a trash piece because it's on the ground. There's a need there. But God wants us to be equipped to do what we can do and do well. Now, on the back of the bulletin, there's just an outline that I want to follow along. Number one, stay fit by celebrating unity, not uniformity. Now, I'm going to take you to a place in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, where Paul is the author. He's writing a letter to this church. He's settling some conflict that they have there, but he's also encouraging them to get along and do the work of the ministry. And there's a chapter in there, chapter 12, which talks about the physical body and how the physical body is used in an analogy of the church body. And I'm going to read some of those verses tonight, and I'm going to pull some points out of these verses. So stay fit in your in your spiritual health by celebrating unity, the unity we share, not necessarily uniformity. That's not a goal. Look at it. First Corinthians 12, verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. See, churches like Timberline often confuse people because there is no genre to point out specifically that makes all of us alike. It's not a club where we say, look like this, dress like this, talk like this, be like this. It's it's a, a body, the body of Christ, where we are all very different. The, the young and the not so young are heavily involved in, in this church. The rich and the not so rich. The people with conservative Christian backgrounds. And some of you have had no Christian upbringing at all. Republicans and Democrats. Can you imagine that? <laughs> we have people who like sports and people who don't. Some people like country music or jazz music or classical music. This list could go on and on. But the reason we are here today, the reason we are investing time and energy, the reason we care is because Jesus Christ has linked us by his spirit. And there is a spirit in us that is alive and well that allows us to say, come on. Let's do this together. Let's reach the world together. It doesn't matter if you do it in a different way than me or you have different passions than I have. That's a good thing. God's not calling us to uniformity. Look at the disciples. Good grief. What a mixed bag. You've got a tax collector and fishermen. Some were really outspoken. Some were quiet, contemplative types. Jesus used each of them in different ways. I was... Oh, it's been maybe a year or two ago. I was at a restaurant called Bubba Gump's. Have you ever heard of that? It's like a seafood restaurant. And they had one of the things on the menu. And I'm sorry if I'm not getting this right. If you know, please say it back to me. But my, my, my brain is telling me that it said boatload of trash was one of the things that you can order. Does, that, does anybody recall boatload of trash or something like that? And it's it's a, what it is. It's a it's a bucket and it's just a ton of different kinds of seafood. And they just throw it all in there. And there's just, you don't even know what it is. It's just all in this big plate. You dump it out and it's just everywhere. 
And that's what I ordered. And I thought, this is perfect. Because that, sometimes I, I think, I think of church and I think of all of our likes and dislikes. I think God must say, I just want a boatload of stuff. I want people to bring things to the party that no one else would think of. I'm gonna give people gifts that no one else has. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake it up and I'm gonna call that the body of Christ. And it's going to amaze people because how can these people get along to such a degree that they can walk in unity and share a purpose and reach the world? How can that happen? I'll tell you one reason. God. And us cooperating with God. I love that statement. And here's a quote I use often. Unity is not uniformity, but diversity with cooperation. You guys have modeled that well. And I thank you. I praise God for the unity of our church. I praise God for the diversity in this church. And we need to celebrate both. And that's God's plan. Number two, stay fit in your spiritual mind by using the gifts that we have been given. What are the gifts you've been given? You might say, well, I don't I don't have any (laughs) or I don't know. Yes, you do. You may not know them, but you have some. And, and even on our website, you can go to this thing called Shape Profile and take this test and, and it'll tell you some of the strengths that you have in your life. By the way you think of your uh, ministries that you might be attracted to just by your gifts. Because all of us have gifts and we shouldn't shrink back from using those gifts. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says... I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. In other words, it feels inferior. Um, That doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye? (laughs) What was Paul thinking when he wrote this? I mean, I just have this, this vision of some terrifying movie. If the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would... You smell anything. See, what's happening is is Paul is trying to to make a point that we cannot diminish who we are because we're not something else. Now, I know that love, the the peak love releases is all about helping people find their gift mix. We work really hard at this in our church. We don't try to force you into something. We try to release you into the things that you have passion about. And you've got to be proactive to do that, to make a difference. And it doesn't have to be ministries necessarily here at Timberline. These gifts are for use in your home, in your workplace, in any environment that you serve in. God wants you to utilize your gifts. I could walk into Starbucks, any Starbucks in this town. I wonder what you think would happen if I walked up to the counter and I said, I'd like a double cheeseburger. They would probably say, I'm sorry, we don't serve cheeseburgers here. And I would say, but that's what I came here for. That's what I really want. And they would say, sorry, we can't help you. We don't do cheeseburgers here. How many of you think if I argued long enough, I would eventually get the cheeseburger? It's not going to happen. Why? Because they've decided to do a couple things well. You take restaurants that specialize in something, they've put their entire focus on doing something right and doing it well so that it attracts people because there's an excellence in something, whatever whatever company it is. And that's what I think sometimes God needs for us to get a little more serious about those two or three things that maybe we can really do well that someone else can't do. It doesn't mean we don't generally serve anymore. We serve always if there's a need. 
Okay? But there are some specific things that you need to, to, to be unafraid to do, even if you feel inferior about it. Um, insecurity and inferiority are, are huge issues for all of us today. And a lot of people feel, you know, I just, I just can't do that. And what I do is not important for the church. When I was a kid, my mom made me the coolest Superman out, outfit you've ever seen in your life. She was a good seamstress, still is. And I mean, I put that thing on. And I still could take you to the place in our home where I would stand on the arm of the couch when my mom wasn't in the room. <laughs> when I tied the cape around my neck. And that's when I transformed into Superman. And I want you to know, some of you had, how many of you had the costume? Okay, a few of you did. It's a bummer. I finally outgrew it. I was like 16. It was awful. It was just... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the truth here is, when I put that cape on, I felt powerful. And so often in life, we think we have to transform into someone else and put the cape on to do the ministry God's calling us to do. When in reality, God doesn't want you to put the cape on. God wants you to be the best you there is. God wants you to say, I like who I am. Thank you, God, for making me. I don't like everything about me, maybe, but I'm happy with how you made me, and I'm going to work at this, and I'm going to utilize the gifts you've given me for the glory of God. That's the point, and we've got to get it right. Number three, we stay fit by valuing others and their giftedness, their gifts, the things that they do. This becomes really important in a church setting or even in a team setting at work. Some of you work in teams. This is really, really important. This is almost the opposite of the previous point where someone's saying, I don't count because I'm not the right part. This now, Paul, is shifting gears and he's kind of saying, look, don't go from insecurity into arrogance. Don't think that you are the only one who brings gifts to the table. Respect and honor other people's thoughts and their processes. Look at it, verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Have you ever taken for granted some part in your body until, like, you got a toothache? <laughs> and suddenly, your teeth really matter to you. You get an earache, um, a speck in your eye, an ingrown toenail. Now, there's one that will make you think, huh? Um, a splinter, on and on. These, these little things, and suddenly there's this reminder that says, it all matters. Every part, every function, every spark from that plug is what keeps that motor going. And we've got to be serious about that. Um, it's an interesting point because this is the place of tension for many people and many churches. Because we all have different view of life based primarily on our values. And, and some of you have values that I probably just don't have quite as much of a value on that thing. And it's tricky as a pastor walking through some of this. What is my response going to be when you value something greater than I value it. See, I get, I get things like all the time at church where people say, what we need to be doing is praying. 
praying every day. That's really the main thing. Someone else comes along and says, we just need to be memorizing the Bible. If you memorize the Bible, read the Word, everything else will fall. What we need to be doing is missions. If every penny could go to missions. You know, and, and suddenly you get all these categories that people have this value. They, they, they promote this one certain thing because to them it's the most important thing. And for us as a church, it's really important that I don't devalue your passion for those things, but that I release you to do that the best you can. And at the same way, you're not going to be critical of others who may not share that exact value. How many of you think that could be tricky? You know, my wife pulls me in a room. She's painting and says, here's three color choices. Which one do you like best? And I say, oh, honey, I, I like them all. I, I think, you know, she's the decorator. She does a great job. I love how it looks when she's done. And she says, no, you, I, which one do you think would look the best? And I say, okay, okay that one. Well, I was kind of thinking about this one. Okay, this one. <laughs> See, if I just say, I don't care. Then there's apathy there, and that might frustrate her more than just a moment of investment. So sometimes we just need to be interested in other people's stuff. Because why? Because we value them as a person. And, and we, we need to value one another. And that's why we, we need to have that, the right sense of the word tolerance in terms of our gift mix and the thing, the things that we do and the people who have certain, uh, areas that they really care about and they don't care about this so much. But if we can release each other and be the body of Christ, we'll change the world. We'll change the world. And I hope you feel empowered to do that. Four tips. My, my final thing, this is going to go real fast, but I just, I just put four things that I, I sort of focus on in my life that I think are, are tips for staying healthy. We're talking about spiritual health this summer and what it looks like and what it means. And to stay fit, we need to appreciate one another and all the things that I've been saying tonight. But let me just give you four quick tips that I think that will help you to be healthy in ministry and just in life in general. Number one is keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ. It's... See, this is why you are doing this ministry that you're involved in, if you're involved in ministry. This is why you decided to be a whatever it is. Sometimes you might get sick of your job. But when I labor for the Lord, my labor is not what? In vain. Even if it's hard. Even if it's tedious. Even if it's tough. Otherwise, and I've seen this in people, if you're not, if you're not doing this for God, your self-talk will start to be something like this. No one really appreciates the thing I, things I do around here. Um, I get no respect. People don't even care. They don't even notice it. And it's this, it's what happens is you turn into someone God did not intend for you to be. And, and your self-talk goes down the tube. If you do ministry as unto the Lord, it really doesn't matter if someone else is watching because God is with you. And that's an attitude thing. The second thing is refuse to live frustrated by the challenges. See, one of the things that gets people in trouble, because tensions to be managed, uh, it's, a, it's a huge phrase. Um, I, if I watch people, if they live their life frustrated by the challenges that come their way to do what God's put in their heart, then they have not fully embraced the mantle of God that He's put on them. There is peace when you're in the will of God. There are challenges when you're in the will of God. But it's not my plan to let those challenges frustrate me to the point that I'm just whining all the time and I'm living frustrated and my blood pressure goes up and I can't get this done. And I'm living in this frustration rather than living in the beauty of doing the will of God. 
There will be challenges. But embrace them. Look at them and say, how can we tackle this? What do we need to do now? What's the next step? And we take them a piece at a time and we walk through these things. Pastor Rob used a phrase that he read somewhere, and I'm sorry, I can't recall the, the author of it, but it's, it's when you come to a, an issue, and we use this at Timberline often, is this issue a problem to be solved or is it a tension to be managed? Because there are some issues in this church that you can make a decision and the problem is taken care of. There are other things that are tensions to be managed. In other words, that problem is never going to go away. Because it's a tension that is going to constantly be reacting. We, I have a pastor friend who, who did this, uh, this weekend where... He, people, and it was a much smaller church. I thought about doing it. We couldn't, we, there's no way we could navigate it on a weekend. But he had all the chairs stacked along the walls of the auditorium. And people started coming in. There was no greeter. There was no welcome. There was no bulletin. There was no nothing. And, and, and he was just sitting on the end of the platform. He was saying, pull up a chair. And people started walking in, lifting the chair off the rack, and putting it down. And... and, uh, and uh, People gathered and suddenly there were several hundred in the room and there, the chairs are just everywhere. You know, there's not no row. There's no. <laughs> and, and it was just like a big mess. And, and he stands up and says, can you hear me? OK, without any PA, you know, system. And, and the whole point was the illustration was someone set these chairs up today. Someone took the time to come early and and help with these bulletins and these inserts and volunteers have done things behind the scenes to make things happen for us this evening. And, and if we can be the people of God who say, I will understand that there are tensions to be managed when it comes to managing people, but I can make decisions to solve problems quickly. Number three, walk in humility and receive healthy instruction or criticism. Walk in humility and receive healthy instruction or criticism. Don't be afraid of improving in the area that you're already good at. Because how many of you know there's always room for improvement? And, and it really gets ugly when people get defensive about the stuff they're doing. And as a church, to be healthy, for us to have a healthy, unified church, we're going to have to be able to have healthy confrontation and moments when we say, you know what, we're not going to do it like that. Here's a better way. Are you open to this? Or could you do this a little different? Well, but I don't want to do it different. Well, can you see the value of maybe trying to do it different? Here's what we're going after here. And all of a sudden, when we become teachable, pliable, willing, instead of just stubborn and, and saying mean things back, suddenly God uses the focus and the vision in ways that are beyond any one person. I love the phrase, um, when it comes to diversity, it's kind of like eating chicken. Eat the meat and leave the bones. And sometimes... When people speak into our lives, we eat the meat and we leave the bones. But let's grow from one another. The last thing is be a team player. The big picture is the most important picture. If you and I say, hey, love releases, that means you've got a job to do. You're equipped to do it. You need to sharpen those skills. And God's going to put some things in your heart to dream some vision stuff. Keep in mind that yours isn't the only vision in the room. That together we are better as the body of Christ when we say, let's be the people of God to do what God has asked us to do. That's why the children of Israel wandered around in the desert. They could not get it right. They couldn't figure out that unity was so important. 
And they had to work together. And they just kept messing that up. You guys, thank you for being a church that's not afraid to work together. Thank you for being people who have voices, who speak into the life of this church and are not afraid. Thank you for for being people who are willing to work and roll up your sleeves and invest in the kingdom of God. Can we just give God thanks? I want to just pray right now that that we can be the people who, who tonight we can just say, Lord, thank you for one another. Thank you for this body. Lord, I want to thank you for this fellowship. I want to thank you for what you've done, what you're growing and and what we're becoming and who we're becoming as the body of Christ. Lord, we know that 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 makes brings interactions with other churches in northern Colorado and around the world and other ministries. And we are just so thankful for those partners. God, thank you. Thank you for people in this room tonight who love has released into ministry. With heads bowed, I'm going to just pray over two or three things. And it would be this. How many of you could, could just say, I, I need to believe that God does value me and that I have some gifts that He could harness and use in a productive way. For some of you, that's not even a question. You know your gifts, you're already using them. But you know what? Some people really struggle with feeling valuable enough to even step out and try. And I want to pray over some of you who might feel insecurity, inferiority, and you just say, I'm just not sure where to start. And I'm, I'm worried I don't have anything to bring to the table. And I'm going to embarrass myself or whatever it is. Can I pray with you? If that's you, would you just slip up a hand to God? Not necessarily to me, but God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Others? Thank you. You can put them down. God bless you. Church, help me pray for these. When this goes on in our heart, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to step out and be vulnerable. So, Lord... We as a church pray for those who just lifted their hands. We pray over them. We thank you for their strengths. and Maybe the strengths they don't see or they're not aware of. And I ask you even now to put some confidence in them and help them to start with just something small that they can find success in and move forward and not be afraid to step out and try. Bless them and encourage them. Thank you for their honesty. Secondly, this is the opposite, but that's what Paul did when he wrote this. How many of you need to be Maybe not so self-centered or um, you need to recognize other ministries as valuable. And have you diminished any ministries that people are involved in, whether it's here at Timberline or somewhere else, that maybe God has a purpose for that and you don't see it, but, but you need to be respectful of what's grown in their heart. Does anyone need to just repent of that and say, sometimes I get kind of self-centered and I need to stop doing that. You can just hold up your hand to God too. You can put it right back down. Lord, thank you. Help us to be people who won't just highlight the things in our world, but we'll take the highlighter pen and we'll see the stuff that someone else is doing and we'll highlight that because we value them and we care about them. Lord, thank you for that. Lastly, how many of you would just raise a hand to say, I'm challenged to find my niche. I'm challenged to, to kind of step out a little bit. And as Daryl said, from the seat to a place of ministry. And it might be filling out that profile or whatever it is, but you're going you're gonna to say, God's moving on my heart to maybe step out and try some stuff. Could you raise your hand if that's you, please, right now? God bless you. Thank you. Lord, show us where and how and how this all fits. For your glory, we pray. Father, I just pray for anybody in this room, in the South the Auditorium as well, that may not know you personally right now. Maybe they don't understand church. They don't even understand you, but we love them already because you love them. Let them feel the love of God in this place tonight. Let them know that you died for their sin. 
And all they need to do is ask you into their life right now by saying, forgive me, Lord, cleanse me. I believe in you. I give you my life and my future. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And everyone said, amen. We do love you. Our prayer team could come up here. Maybe if you want to pray with someone and connect, we'd love for you to do that. They're going to come up now. Tables out at the mall summit tomorrow night. And as I've said often, keep it in mind, especially in light of this message this weekend, the service starts now. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.